This is Let Your Voice Be Heard right here on WHCR 90.3 FM, the voice of Harlem. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to Let Your Voice Be Heard on 90.3 FM, WHCR, the voice of Harlem. Guess who is back after a two a two week absence, was it? Who? Or was it you? Me? Yeah. I don't even remember anymore. Anyways, <laughs> guess who was back after a two to three week absence? Yes, I missed you. I do not miss. No, he didn't. Well, yeah, I, I did actually because I still had to wake up early on Sundays to catch a flight. And then the next week because, well, I'll tell you guys off air. I, I almost <laughs> lost the election. <laughs> but anyways, guys, this is Stanley Fritz. I am happy to have you back or be back with you on a radio show for another exciting episode of Let Your Voice Be Heard. Facebook Live. Good morning, beautiful podcast friends. What's shaking? And those of you who are listening on the FM frequency, I appreciate you for still having an FM radio. Who's in here with me? Oh, thank you. I got it on the wedding I went to. It was a groomsman's gift. Oh, very nice. Yeah. You like my watch? This is my watch. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Alyssa got into a fist fight with a bag of cement. Yeah, so um, I have a broken arm. Um, I'm trying to like adjust myself over here because Stanley's big head is blocking me. My manly. Um, uh, I hadn't heard Alyssa punched out this really big homophobic guy. Yeah, I wish I could say that's the reason this happened. That's what you call the concrete? Um, <laughs> I, I, I won't get into it. To, look, I will say this had to do with bicycle. Um, I'm not going to really get into it beyond that because I'm probably going to file a lawsuit um because you know dangerous conditions uh that exist uh but like again not going to get too far into that i will say this is why people have to have health insurance like this is why we need to have medicare for all because you know putting aside the how when i'm in the ambulance on my way to the hospital um you know, the only Ooh, thing I'm thinking about bad. is how bad is this bill going to be? And really, when you're injured, the last thing that you could should be thinking about is how bad is this bill should be? You should be worried about, like, am I going to be okay? You know, am I going to get treatment? Um, you know, how much pain am I going to be in? But, of course, literally the only thing I could think about all night and then all morning this morning was, like, how much is this going to cost me? Yeah. And, like, I have insurance. So, you know, like... <laughs> And then I see in Reuters this morning that apparently Donald Trump is like totally screwing up the health care law, which we can talk a little bit more during the news roundup. So anyways, I'm Alyssa Fuchs. Um, I'm your political and legal correspondent. And you can find me on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Alyssa Fuchs with an I or at Alyssa Fuchs on Twitter or Alyssa.Fuchs on Instagram. Um, And yeah, you can totally... Instagram plug, and you can also follow the Politically Preposterous Facebook page, facebook.com slash Politically Preposterous. Leave your comments or questions, or leave them on our live stream, facebook.com slash Let Your Voice Be Heard. Longest intro ever. Yeah, <laughs> Jackie, Jackie. Got a Medicaid for All plug in there. Word. So that's what Percocet's uh, well, Who are do. you guys? Yeah, so hi, I am Jackie Kelly. Also known um, as Percocet Mommy. What? <laughs> Excuse me. Um, I don't think I had nearly as interesting a weekend as either of you, or exciting. Um, but I am here, happy to be back on the show. And you can follow me on Twitter at Jackie Cohen. That's J A Q I C O H E N. I'm happy it's Sunday, guys. Word. And this is Stanley Fritz, as I said earlier. Wait, did you tell me we can follow you at? Yeah, Twitter. Okay, cool. This is Stanley Fritz. What's going on? I see you on the Facebook Live now. You can follow me on Twitter at Stan Fritz. You can follow me on Instagram at Stan Fritz. You can follow me on Snapchat. I don't really snap at Dark Skin Swindle. If you want to follow me in the streets, just call me at 1-800-223-9797, and I pick up on the second ring, don't I? I totally stop using Snapchat. 
You did? Instagram. Yeah. Rihanna said so, so I did so. Rihanna said so, so exactly. Exactly. But guys, we do have an action-packed show for you today. So as always, we have a pretty interesting news roundup where I want to talk about an article I saw that complains about the fact that journalism jobs are demanding people do unpaid internships to get a foot in the door. We also have a huge... Wait, wait, this is news? Yeah. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I guess it's not news, but it's a pretty interesting topic. LeBron James going to the Lakers, Jesus and Merrill leaving Viceland. But then we have a larger subject segment going on. So Teresa Ocon, the woman who did the protest at the Statue of Liberty, who is an undocumented activist. And it brought us to start asking ourselves, Is are these kind of direct action tactics working? Does it make sense to abolish ICE? This and much more on the next episode of Dragon Ball Z. But be- <laughs> before we go on break, what are you guys most excited to talk about? Um, I think about the protests at the Statue of Liberty last week. I mean, that was, or this past week, right? It was on the 4th of July, right? Which is pretty impactful. And, you know, I'm excited to talk about sort of what people are doing to put themselves on the line for the fight for towards justice. I mean, it's, I think it's incredible the things that people are willing to do. Alyssa? Um, Scott Pruitt resigning. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Wow. All that happened this week. I did the happy dance. It feels like we had two weeks because we had that break in the middle. Like It feels like we lived two full weeks. I, I got to tell you guys what this week was like for me. I can't say it on air because, you know, coworkers may be listening. Bye. Bye. You, this little white boy has bars with his MAGA Air Jordans on. This man, look, he has a red bow tie on in a Walmart. He's like the white nation of Islam. That's right, King. You speak your white truth. We are back on Let Your Voice Be Heard on 90.3 FM. WHCR, the voice of Harlem. If you don't know who that Yodeling boy is, we're not friends anymore. But if you do, you should know my name is Stanley Fritz. I'm here with Jackie Cohen and, of course, Alyssa Fuchs. Selena Hill is not here because she's on one of those work trips where we all work wish we trips. had to go. At the Essence Festival. Yeah, the Essence Fest. Partying with Dude, fancy people. Literally taking selfies with Issa Rae. Dude, literally. I, I had to go to Minneapolis for work, which wasn't bad. But then I had to go to Utica. My bus driver <laughs> was falling asleep on the road. Uh, that sounds and like a lawsuit. When I was like, <laughs> okay, lawyer. <laughs> As the wise Cardi B said, get the Jew lawyer, Jew it up, right? Yeah. Did, Ooh. did she say that? Yeah, she did. Uh, Maybe she was talking about Alyssa specifically. <laughs> Look, it, that's one of those things where we can talk for hours whether or not that's Wait, no, we problematic. <laughs> Alyssa told me this wasn't racist because I asked her about this a couple of shows ago. To say, get the Jew lawyer, Jew it she, up. Is going to Jew the charges up? Uh, I would say that's pretty offensive. A little bit. Oh, Cardi. Um, it it uh, leans towards problematic. Yeah, sort of problematic. I mean, like, that's like... It bombs towards problematic. I mean... You know what? I'm not going to say what I was just about to say. I'll say it off the air. Um, (laughs) I might want to run for office one day. (laughs) Working hard. We miss her a lot. And speak for yourself. Um, So Donald Trump wants us to know that the U.S. is working very closely with the government of Thailand to get the children out of the cave. Um, Thai cave. All right. So just I'll I'll kick it off with this like news story because it's the number one trending on Twitter right now is hashtag Thai cave rescue. Um, And we try and work in some like trending topics going on right now. Mm -hmm. So apparently this like bus full of like young 12 year old soccer players like 
I don't know, there was like a collapse or something. Somehow they ended up in this like cave in Thailand that you can only get to like by swimming underwater. And there's like these pockets that like allow there to be like air because it's like a network of caves. Um, And like it's apparently where all these like famous divers like to go dive and stuff like that. But anyway, so they've been trying to get these children out of this cave for like over a week. And it's been really difficult because like they have to dive through water and like the Thai Navy SEALs have been working on it. And apparently this morning they said they rescued two of the 12 children they're obviously still working on it so um you know but donald trump like always has to like state the obvious uh, and like has to say things like you know look at me look what i did and we're helping out as if like it's not that out of the ordinary that the u.s would send people to help with something like this um so it's just like typical like donald trump trying to take credit for something that really he deserves absolutely no credit for speaking of donald trump trying to take credit for something that he didn't actually do Guess what, guys? A nuclear deal with North Korea? Not happening. Yesterday. <laughs> what I mean, else is new? Yeah, oh my God, guys. So, you know, so I was one of those people that said, as much as I hate Donald Trump, if he can broker peace between America and North Korea, I will take it. So, apparently, that's not what's happening. I forgot the title of the man um, from the North Korean government who pretty much said that the U.S. has been trying to unilaterally, unilaterally bully them into getting rid of all of their nuclear um, devices and weapons and then refused to do so. And then they called Mike Pompeo incompetent and said that any agreement they had was off. That was yesterday. So, oh, by the way, and during this whole time, North Korea has continued to develop their nuclear arsenal. So much so that's been reported on several times. But hey, when the world is on fire, how can you even notice another additional speck? You know what this reminds me of? What? In 2003, when George W. Bush stood in front of the banner that said mission accomplished. And then the war went on for 10 more years. That's what it reminds me of. Um, but, you know, speaking of, did, did you want to weigh in on the North Korea thing? But if not, because if not, I was going to change no, no, gears no, a little bit. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, speaking of mission accomplished, Scott Pruitt is now been resigned. <laughs> thanks to the woman um, who went up to him with the baby and was like, you need to resign. You're an embarrassment. Um, although, honestly, I don't think he resigned because of that. But still give her credit. That was great. I right. love I love that kind of direct action. I know we're going to talk more about direct action. Um, but who's going to replace him? Somebody worse. His yeah, his deputy worse, his deputy is stepping in. He's just as like cold and he loves cold. And dirty energy tied as Scott Pruitt was. Scott Pruitt, the last thing I heard about him was he was having his junior staff members pay for his hotel rooms with their credit cards and saying he would pay them back and then not paying them back. I, how I, trash I, are you like yeah, what is Or he was like, you know, the oil company will pay you back. Oh no, 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 no that was the lease that he got from yeah. the oil executive. There was just so many scandals with him. I couldn't even keep up with them. There was like the million dollars in private jets because, you know, apparently he just can't take a regular flight. Yeah. Um there he had to have a soundproof booth installed in his office because he was like paranoid that somebody was listening in on him um like there was like a bulletproof vest there was like the um the 50 dollars a month apartment oh, because yeah. you know everybody rents an apartment on k street uh in downtown uh washington dc for 50 dollars a month from their coal baron well, friend actually it was 50 dollars a day oh That's 50 dollars a day okay still That's so still cheap um, you know, it was just like the scandals just kept mounting and mounting and mounting. And it was only a matter of time um, that he res- was going to have to resign or get forced out. But like, where's Trey Gowdy, you know, um, in all of this? Because like the last I heard, Trey Gowdy likes to investigate stuff, you know, like Benghazi for like, yeah. I don't know, yeah. eight years. But the Mueller investigation is going on too long. God I, forbid. I, I feel you and everything, but I wasn't here last week. So we got to talk about this now. Scorpion came out. 
And Drake wasn't hiding you his kid from y'all. He was hiding the world from his kids. Yeah. And we need to respect the fact that, listen, Drake only saw his kid one time. Why should he pay child support, right? Uh, well, you know, if he had a... <laughs> If he had a settlement in the in uh, in New York against the city, mm-hmm. and he hadn't paid his child support, they would totally garnish it from his settlement check. Ooh, Just man. saying. Well, like here's the thing though, because in one song, there's like you ask me if I love you, I say part only partly. I only love my mom and my bed, girl. I'm sorry. We thought he was talking about his Tempur-Pedic mattress. <laughs> Actually, his son's middle name is my bed, so he was talking about his son three months ago. Mm, open your inner eye. You I see? I just feel like, like people need, okay. like to hate on Drake like all the time. Well, yeah, because he's such a clown. But that's Jackie's second husband, so you know, you know. we can't talk too bad I about him. I mean, that I, I want a second husband that's hiding kids from. Look, like, he's Jamaican. Like, well, I can't even say that. In the scheme of things, <laughs> that is the way of love, secret families. My uh, dad's a secret family. In the scheme of things, he's one of those people that like. I'm going to say it. He's not like the most talented rapper compared to other people that are out there that haven't gotten as famous, but he knows how to play into that pop thing, right? So like he knows how to go mainstream. Like you will hear a lot of his stuff like on Z100 where like, you know, like you remember that Jay-Z track? He was like, this is not for Z100. Like this is for Hot 97. And like, so that's where I think Drake has like made the most impact, which is that crossover between like your club banging pop song and like, you know, like, Hip hop, and you know, more power to him to be able to like fit in that space. So was Nicki Minaj, right? And oh yeah, absolutely. Same hate that he. Yeah. Nicki Minaj is ridiculous. Did you hear what she? We, of course, you guys did. You know, you're not on Black Twitter. So here's what happened. I'm on Black Twitter, sort of. So here's what happened. <laughs> there was a woman on Twitter who said it'd be really great to see Nicki Minaj start to put out some more mature content. She's like, you know, she's closer to forty than before. And like, oh, yeah, she's 35 years old. She's wow. put out some pretty mature content. So mostly talking about sex and like riding peen, you know. And no, all I mean stuff. like, mature. like, <laughs> like, no, I mean, look, like the song like Mona Lisa, that was pretty mature. She's on the, the most, not the most recent album, the album before that. Like she had some pretty serious tracks. I don't know. What happened? But anyway, so Nicki Minaj, she didn't tag Nicki Minaj when she made that post. Nicki Minaj went into her direct messages and was like, you broke, ugly, bum, B-word. How dare you have a Trinity flag in your Abbey? You don't deserve to let me talking about me. Oh, how you gonna say I'm close to 40? You 25 or you almost 30? You, you, you ugly B, you whack, you wanna be me, stop hating on me, right? Then she ends that message. Nine minutes later, she messages her again. And was nine like, minutes nine minutes. So you know, you know, you got to stop. You got to take that pull. Not, not from weed, because you smoke a weed, you're not that angry. Yeah, she right. was, it was something else. She came back and she was like, hi, I'm almost 40. I'm, no, first she said she was 34. Then she goes, oh, my bad. I'm 35 years old. And starts calling <laughs> the girl ugly and trash again. Uh, and then got the girl fired from her internship. Oh my God, that's awesome. Yes. And then she's been getting death threats. So that's, that's what's happened with Nicki Minaj. Yes, it's been that bad. But you know what? Let's stop talking about rappers who are way too sensitive. LeBron James is going to the Lakers. Yeah. Can you believe that? I mean, well, really Anthony Kennedy is going to retirement. Well, we knew that already. This doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah. Wait, so talk about LeBron for a second. So LeBron, as you guys know, he was on Cleveland, and he could not beat the Golden State Warriors. And because LeBron was the originator of if you can't beat the team, 
then go with your friends and make a better team so you don't have to work hard. Yeah. <laughs> we thought that he was going to join the Warriors so he doesn't have to work hard. Instead, he, tr- he went to Los Angeles and tried to recruit Kevin Durant from Golden State to Los Angeles to beat the Warriors. Kevin Durant said no. So now LeBron's in Los Angeles and people are confused. And the super team cycle in the NBA continues. Am I the only one who's upset about the super team? I don't like this. I don't watch yeah, basketball. Like, everything's political, even basketball, especially basketball, right? Yeah, man. But come uh, on. I, I watch hockey. I oh, don't know. It's oh. uh, uh, it's a thing. So I don't do basketball because they play on the same season. So, you know, I got to pick one or the other. I got to go with hockey because um, that's my sport. I'm not interested in watching a black, a black thing get slapped around by a bunch of toothless white men. There's a, you know, that. By the way, uh, you know, that's a, that's a fair point. Um, you know, like there is a huge lack of representation in hockey. Um, it is not a diverse sport unless you consider a whole bunch of different countries from Europe to be diversity. That's diverse. Um, <laughs> you know, but uh, on, like that said, the league is work, trying to work very hard to increase <laughs> diversity in the league. Just like the MLB. No, they know they have a, the, the league. <laughs> the MLB is diverse. No, it's not. <laughs> Well, yes, it's it just is. just white guys and a whole bunch of guys from Dominican Republic. That's <laughs> yeah, but six Asians and two black guys. There's a lot of black and Hispanic players in the MLB. No. Yes, there are. Of, the compared to the day. compared to the NHL. Yeah, well, the there's like the five black players in the NHL. I can count them on one hand. Right. At the end of the day, though, I think what is most important is looking at who owns these teams and who's yes. making the most money. That's a good point. Players that you can have a diverse team, or you mm-hmm. can have, you know, it doesn't matter if you have all white, all black players on your team. If all white men are profiting from those players, that's probably speaking of profit. Some players from the WNBA are a little upset that LeBron's getting thirty million a year in his contract, and no WNBA player is even getting a million dollars a year. That's right. Because who, you know, women don't play sports. I mean, they do, but they only bring in $25 million a year. You know, before we go on a quick break, I was just reading this study um, that fits right in line with this conversation that shows that parents pay their children for chores um, and they pay their sons more than their daughters. What? Yep. There is a wage gap in chores, and it is driven by the fact, this is this is what the study said, that this is driven by the fact that um, boys do jobs like mowing the lawn, which take longer and are considered harder, so they get paid more for them. Whereas, like female children are given jobs like doing the dishes, which are considered easier and take less time, and they are paid less. And this was like not really surprising to me that there's a pay gap even within chores and like children. But it also like how are like you doing as a parent if you're paying your daughter less than your son like you really i cannot wait to have kids because you know what it's going to be like in my house it's going to be like i can't wait to my daughters and my sons can i can't wait till you have kids so i can give all your kids my six nine album collection (laughs) yes we'll be no the rapper the rapper not the stuff not the stuff selena likes all right guys we'll be back after this quick break this is let your voice be heard and this is jm we are back on Let Your Voice Be Heard on 90.3 FM WHCR, the voice of Harlem. If you are just tuning in, this is Stanley Fritz. I'm here with Jackie Cohen and, of course, Alyssa Fuchs. I want to shout out the people who are listening and watching on Facebook Live. Jazzy Robinson, I appreciate you. Danny Barnett, I love you. Meredith Barnes, Elaine B. Elaine, why didn't you say something when we were talking about LeBron James going to the Lakers? Edward Fitzgerald, you are always a listener. We appreciate that. If you are on the podcast listening right now, hello, human being, who I'm not sure who you are. 
possibly listening from Switzerland or Colorado or just the States, I appreciate you listening. And if you listen for more than 10 seconds, I really, really do love you. But now, folks, we cannot just sit here and shout out everyone who's listening, either through podcasts or SoundCloud or Facebook Live or even the FM frequency. We have some important things to talk about. So how many of you have ever taken desperate actions to make a point? Every time Jackie shows her face in public, it is a desperate action. (laughs) Um, That's a good example. I mean, Jackie has Jackie has a perfect example of this. Is when we were at that rally, and I started like going off and talking to that reporter, and you took all those pictures of it, and then it never actually aired. But (laughs) 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 you know. But no, I think we in this room has taken action out of desperation because mm-hmm. what we were witnessing happening in the world was was unjust or unfair. Yeah, absolutely. Well, listen, the world is on fire, and I only mean that slightly hyperbole-like. And when the world is on fire, a lot of ridiculous things will happen. At the moment, an orange condom with chicken grease on top of its head is the president of the United States. Allegedly. And because of that, no, definitely. <laughs> and because of that, we have been seeing an influx of racism and white supremacy that has not been this prevalent in America since yesterday. And what is this president doing? Well, he is pushing an immigration plan that is supposed to be helping to, to protect our borders, but actually is mostly only going after black and brown people of color particularly latino people and people from haiti and by the way guys if you just tuned into the show for some reason this is whcr on 90.3 fm the voice of harlem but let me continue as a response to some of these things like donald trump and his administration using ice to separate parents from their children or just grabbing people who actually have legal status in this country and kicking them out of the country or going onto buses and looking and asking people for their papers we have seen an influx of activists fighting for their rights undocumented activists are putting their freedom on the line to resist him and his racist agenda in a real way and i'll give you an example on july 4th 2018 while i had eaten three edibles and made the biggest mistake of my week <laughs> just admit to it on the radio eh, whatever it'll be legal in a haven't i months. taught you anything <laughs> no listen i don't listen come on this go is on life. go on three edible brownies they were edibles and delicious not marijuana but anyways, guys, I was saying, July 4, 2018, Teresa Patricia Okumu scaled the base of the Statue of Liberty to protest the Trump administration's policies. After she climbed the base of the statue, Okumu reportedly told the police she was refusing to get down until all children are released. She was referring to the 2,000-plus children who have been separated from their families. And, you know, the folks that Trump said it was like a daycare center, the folks that everyone has been fired up, the children who will be permanently damaged mentally and emotionally because of the stupid policy. That's what she did. Now, the police were able to get her off of the Statue of Liberty, and they did find some reason to put her in a chokehold, even though she was armed with a T-shirt and and, and just passion. But hey, whatever. Blackity they got black, her black, off. Sam? Yes, blackity, black, black, black. The remix yeah, doesn't ever crack. Statue of Liberty is supposed to Staten Island, so that must be... You know what's funny? The Statue of Liberty is a black woman. That was given to us by France. I'm surprised they didn't put the Statue of Liberty in a chokehold, too. But anyways, guys, this is not the only example... Ooh, hello, yeah, somebody. That's good. This is not the only time that we have seen undocumented activists or people who don't have their paperwork at all standing up and fighting. On July 2017, four undocumented immigrant protesters and 11 citizen allies were arrested in Austin, Texas, after protesting the state's attempt to force the Trump administration to end the Deferred Action for Childhood and Arrival program. This time last year, 10, undoc- 10 DACA teens were arrested in Senator Schumer's office for protesting, trying to demand that he make sure that any budget agreement had DACA involved in it. And Schumer called the cops because, hey, Schumer's problematic. 
then, of course, we know on February 9, 2017, the Arizona police arrested several undocumented activists after they blocked enforcement vans from leaving the U.S. and immigration office. These actions are bold, and the people participating in them are braver, and they have the kind of courage that I'm not sure I could muster if push comes to shove. I just don't have that kind of energy, and I haven't had to have it. But we have to ask the question, is this working? Because Teresa, they all right, doing a headlock, threw off the, the Statue of Liberty, and she got arraigned. She went home, yeah, but those kids still aren't with their parents, and those undocumented activists, DACA it has still not been reinstated. So is this an, a tactic that is actually working? And it makes me come to this point of asking, with the resistance going in full swing right now, or resistance, depending on who you're talking to, what kind of place are we in? So before we really get into that piece right there, what I want to start off is with this Teresa story and her being arrested. So what were your thoughts when you saw this happening in real time? I thought it was amazing. I was on the subway on my way home from Coney Island with family. Mm. We had been there for the 4th of July. And I, um, you know, I had known that there was going to be a rise and resist action or, or I had seen that it was happening around the same time at the base of the Statue of Liberty. But the fact that she scaled it, I mean, it made such a huge point, right? And I think that, I mean, it's why we're talking about this right now. Um, and so I was really, I mean, again, and we talked about this when we planned the show and we want to get into it, like the, the things that people are willing to do to put their own lives on the line um, for justice is really, I think, incredible. And for those of us that feel like we're not doing enough, like we need to be looking at what other people are willing to sacrifice to make this country a better place and and ask ourselves are we doing enough are we sacrificing enough are we you know are we just sitting back and complaining or are we actually getting out there and doing the work to make this world better. Right. So you're a lawyer. How about you? Yeah, no, look, I um, I also thought it was great. Um, I first heard about it because I just like was going through Facebook and then all of a sudden I saw this live feed and they were like person climbing the Statue of Liberty and I didn't exactly know what was going on. And actually my first thought was like, maybe it was like somebody trying to commit suicide. And I was like, oh, that's really scary. But then when I started to hear more of the news coming out about it, um, about like the the fact that it was has to do with the protest, um, I just thought it was awesome. And I thought like, what a great idea. And I just, I love civil disobedience because I think sometimes civil disobedience is necessary. One of my favorite quotes comes from Martin Luther King. And it's like, I'm not going to give you the whole thing right now, but he talks about like when he's sitting in the Birmingham jail and he writes in the letter that sometimes like, you have to engage in these types of actions. You have to put yourself out there. You have to like engage in civil disobedience to fight back against injustices. Um, and then more so when I heard afterwards when she said why she did it and she like quoted Michelle Obama and I was like, oh my God, who is this woman? Like, I love this woman. But at the same time, my feelings were like, wow, this woman's really awesome because she could get deported for this. And like, uh, you know, the stakes, are high. the stakes are super high. Yeah. So, it sounds like you're saying that you think these kind of civil dis disobediences are helpful. Yeah, no. Uh, yeah, always, right? Like, I think that there's a lot of, um, you know, if you look back in history, I mean, like Alyssa just quoted Martin Luther King Jr. from... What, well, I didn't quote it, but a, paraphrase, yeah, yeah. Paraphrase what he wrote while sitting in a jail cell. I mean, I think that there are laws... First of all, there are laws put in place in this country that just because they're the law doesn't mean that they are just, right? And I think that that's something that we... You know, you hear a lot of folks kind of push back and say, well, it's illegal. You shouldn't do it if it's illegal. Like, not all ours are just, and I think that's important to remember. But yeah. I also think it ups the stakes a little bit, right? I mean, we're not talking about violent action. We're talking about nonviolent protest. And, um, you know, what 
this woman did did not hurt anybody, but it made the great point that immigrants are here, that this is, this, you know, she scaled this monument, or she started to scale this monu uh, this statue that represents bringing in immigrants into this country um, to make a point that we've strayed so far from, you know, what we claim our values to be, and that we should remember that um, immigrants in very large part help Absolutely. Uh, we're getting a comment from Meredith Barnes, um, and she says, acting at the statute was so symbolic and powerful. I agree with Jackie that people who aren't vulnerable for deportation should be doing our parts. And that sort of fits in what, what you were just saying and what I was just saying. I mean, one of the things that Martin Luther King talks about in that letter is about the white moderate, you know, and like the other thing that we have to remember without like getting too deep into like the World War Two analogies is like everything Hitler did was legal yeah. and everything that those people that tried to rescue Jews did was illegal. Same thing like yeah. during slavery times here. Like having slaves was legal and rescuing slaves and bringing them up north on the Underground Railroad was not. So sometimes, you know, we have to do things that are uncomfortable and in some cases illegal. Um, mm -hmm. Uh, you know, as long as it's nonviolent, I think. And some people will even disagree with that. But, yeah. you know, that goes to some of the tactics and some of the divisions within the resistance movement. So, guys, if you have a question or a comment or even a curse word, just kidding, no curse words, <laughs> give us a call at 212-650-6903. Again, that's 212-650-6903. And as Meredith has shown you, if you leave a comment on Facebook Live and it is a good comment or even a bad comment, we will read it. If it's a curse but Meredith's word, was a very good comment, so we thank you for Meredith's that. comment was all right. No, it was good. As always. It it was definitely good. Angelo, why can't we see the females? What's up? I'm not sure. Um, but we will work on it, I guess. Jackie's <laughs> waving. Hopefully, I love being now. called a female. Thank I don't know so if I'm much. a female, but I'm not really a <laughs> yeah, male. Right. I just kind of <laughs> hang out somewhere yeah, in between yeah, the two. Yeah. So I, I, I want to push back on this a little bit more because you're talking about these people who are taking these extremely dangerous actions, dangerous in the fact that they can be deported or incarcerated for an extended period of time against an administration that has shown no interest in having sympathy or even empathy for these folks. And they're not, they don't seem interested in listening. How is this effective then? I mean, don't you think that it is? You are somebody that has put yourself on the line in protest, right? You yeah. are somebody as a black man who has protested police violence against black men by going out into the street, right? By protesting, by confronting police officers right by confronting law enforcement who to whom you are particularly susceptible to violence right so don't you like you would not never have done that if you didn't view it as so something important right well yeah i absolutely do i'll try and play devil's advocate i mean yeah. look, <laughs> no but talk about that like why so, why do you choose to do that well it's a, it's a tactic under my own under my toolkit so when I'm doing actions like that, I generally it's part of a bigger plan. It's just one piece of a puzzle that we're going to fill to reach a certain kind of goal. And those actions, even though they might tick off a lot of people, they get a lot of attention towards an issue that folks might not know about. It's why, um, you know, occupying Zakati Park took us such it, it gave us a huge leap in rhetoric and like understanding of how the one percent were taking advantage of working class and po working poor people. Does it make you scared, though, to to be confronted? And though, I mean, like you are in many cases, right, are literally and in ways where you're not even doing anything illegal. But as yeah. we know, doesn't mean you don't, you don't have, have to be. be doing anything illegal as a black yeah. person in this country to be shot by a police officer um, or just falsely arrested or falsely arrested. Right. It, like, does it scare you? Are you ever nervous or fearful oh, for yeah, your life? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's, you know. 
Yeah, you're, you're always absolutely scared and fearful of your life. I don't think you can go into that situation and not be thinking about the implications. But also, like, I, I do want to stress that one of the reasons that I can do that is because I get training and we prep and we have support and, we, you know, we're not just going in there blind. Because when you go in there blind, you can have a successful moment or it can end very poorly. Right. So that helps. But no matter how much you prep, no matter how much you talk about it, no matter how many scenarios you go through, once you get that knot in your stomach, we um, I did an action in D.C. where we, um, I guess for lack of better words, broke into the Heritage Foundation to protest their Obamacare stuff. Not broke into it. It was open. Mm-hmm. But like we, we rushed it in there. We were like protesting inside. And I remember when it happened, things happened so fast and security was like beating people up. Yeah. And I had to get through there. And you just kind of like, you just do it. You, you know? know, just to go back to the initial question about the effectiveness of direct action, I think direct action is effective. Um, I don't know if it always achieves exactly the goal you want to achieve in the timeline you want to. I think sometimes it can take longer and it can require more direct action. But I do think that it is necessary and I do think it has goals. Could you imagine if somebody said, like, the Selma march was ineffective or the freedom rides were ineffective or the bus boycott was ineffective. Those were all direct actions. Those all had an effect. Eventually, they forced LBJ's hand into signing the Civil Rights Act of 1964. So, yes, they, they had an ask. You're right about that. Alyssa, Cicely, I'm sorry. I, I want to I cut you off for one second because I want to move us to our next question. And I feel like you push us in that right direction. One of the asks, besides creating a real pathway of citizenship for folks, is to abolish ICE. And now a few Democrats have joined on in that conversation, but a lot of people have said that this is a ridiculous ask and it doesn't make a lot of sense. Even though Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez just won an election where she was running on that piece right Mm -hmm. there. So, Alyssa, starting with you first. Where do you stand on this campaign to abolish ICE that seems to be picking up steam now? Look, I am in favor of it. But that said, you know, we have to know what we have to understand what we're talking about in two ways. Number one, first, you have to understand that ICE wasn't created until 2003. ICE is something fairly new. Um, and so when people talk about getting rid of ICE, like and people are like, oh, my God, the world's going to end. Mostly conservatives who are racist. Um, <laughs> like they have to realize that like ICE didn't even exist until 2003. But it also raises the same kind of question that gets raised when you talk about closing Rikers Island, which is isn't you aren't you just going to move this from one agency to another? Is it really going to change anything? And in certain circumstances, I, I'm not going to get into the closure of Rikers Island because in that in that example, I think it will. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you get rid of ICE, then this enforcement is just going to go back to INS, in, in which is Immigration Naturalization Services. Yeah. Um, there's still going to be Customs and Border Patrol. Um, and so, you know, you can't just have a demand of, like, get rid of ICE, like, get rid of this agency. Your demand has to be better than that. What is it that you exactly. actually want? Because just getting scrapping an agency in name, all these people that work for ICE are going to go end up working for Customs and Border. They're going to work for INS. They're going to work for all these other agencies. They're yeah. still going to be going around deporting people. So your ask has to be bigger than that. Um, you know, right. your ask should be, yeah, abolish ICE. And I get that. And it's a good talking point. But it has to be fix the immigration laws. We need comprehensive immigration reform. We need to have a permanent DACA plan. Um, we need to have uh, amnesty for those in need of amnesty. We need to have better laws in terms of declaring yourself at the border and being able to seek legal status. Yeah. Um, we need to not separate children from their parents at the border. So the ass have to go beyond just abolish ICE because we can say that till we're blue in the face, but just getting rid of the agency isn't going to necessarily solve the underlying problem. Jackie? I totally agree. I think that was really well said. I think 
the argument about and I think a lot of folks that we know that are calling for the abolition of ICE are are thinking at that higher level. And I think that it, it is important to sort of simplify it into a talking point because it's easy for people to understand. But I do agree that just simply abolishing ICE or calling for the abolition of ICE and that's it is almost like a semantics argument, it right? Is. You're you're calling for the end of this agency, but knowing the way that our government operates, it's, these are our jobs that are just going to be outsourced to other agencies. So I think that Ellis has said it perfectly. We absolutely need comprehensive immigration reform. We need to just change the laws and change our our views about immigration and and stop criminalizing people who are coming to this country. And I mean, right now we have more people leaving the United States than entering. Right? We have more people trying to get out i wonder why than than trying to get in um and so i think that the, as a nation our um our values around this issue are all wrong and something that we really need to look at critically yeah, definitely. I just wanted to, we have a quick comment that I wanted to get to on Facebook. Angelo Vega uh, was referring back to the beginning of the segment, and he says she should have gone to the top of the Statue of Liberty, uh, as one of my associates did when protesting for Puerto Rico back in the 1970s. Wow. I think she may have wanted to go to the top, but I don't know if she was equipped with the equipment to do so. Mm. Plus, you know, cops were, cops were like on scene so quickly, and yeah. if she would have gone to the top, it could have ended a lot worse than it did. But yeah. fair enough point, Stanley. So, Go, going back to Teresa Okum, so Rise and Resist, which is a group that she was with, and it's a group that Jackie and I are both familiar with. We do a lot of work with them. You know, my experience has been nothing but positive with them. They received some criticism for the way that they were reacting on Twitter when the story first broke. So the original tweet, which was, has been deleted since, said, Rise and Resist activists planned a protest in front of the Statue of Liberty. We are not associated with the action, take, with, with the woman taking action on the actual statue. So and I guess what they were trying to say was that, you know, we did not plan that. We did not know that was going to happen. Folks right. did not take it very well. So my my counter to that is, you know, if they didn't know that she was going to do that and she acted independently and not um, and didn't plan those actions. Like, I think if they had said, like, yeah, this was all us, people would have been upset about that too if these were her own independent actions i know she she waved the shirt that said rise and resist when she was there um but rise and resist is also sort of a decentralized i mean i the way that they operate too is that many 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 of their members get together and they vote and get a consensus on actions um before they take place and so i wouldn't want to disparage them for doing that because if they hadn't you know reach i mean they're a big big group and yeah. if they hadn't you know planned this and this was her these were her own actions i saw that they were quoted in the times too saying you know we support her but yeah, this was wasn't this wasn't something that we necessarily planned that was yeah they that's they, if they would have said that first that would have been better they didn't i think that what happened in my opinion i don't i don't know who who was behind the tweets i don't know who the people that organize this action, I don't know who she's affiliated with because the Rise and Resist group that I work with is from a different chapter. Mm -hmm. But I think that it's, they kind of made a mistake in language. That was it. And it was probably like some fear of authority because authority is scary, let's be honest. And also some just being blindsided by the whole thing and not necessarily knowing. I don't necessarily think it was, you know, mean-spirited, but I do think it could have been dealt with better. 
Look, you know, I, I think Jackie's sort of right in a way and you're sort of right in a way. It's kind of like damned if you do, damned if you don't. Yeah. And maybe they could have chosen better language. I'll definitely give you that. But it, but it is. It's like if on one hand they say like, yes, we planned this and they take credit for what she did, then it raises this question about like whether they're trying to appropriate her action and take credit for something that they really deserve little credit for. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, if they distance themselves from her and they're like, oh, we didn't know anything about this. You know, this is news to us because they're scared of authority or what kind of attention that might bring on them like that makes them look bad also so yeah I think the better statement would have been exactly what you say like you know we didn't know she was going to do this but we support her action and like just leave it at that and then I think they would have been able to split that baby for lack of a better way to put it because like it wasn't like you oh sorry no 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 go it, it isn't like they had two options. You could either co-opt the whole thing or completely disavow her. You could have just been like, yo, we didn't know she was doing this, but that's our sister. We stand with her. Listen, period. I, I, from the, fo- and I, you know, I know a few folks that organize with Rise and Resist. I, and I know that they are not doing this professionally, yeah. right? It's like mostly, I don't know that anybody works no for them. But I, I think it's a complete volunteer network. Yeah, yeah that's um, right. George Soros is not being yeah, paid. They're not being paid by George Soros or anybody Despite, else. Despite, uh, you know, popular conservative opinion. And and I think that it's good for any group to be open to feedback and criticism and certainly the way that they um, message that, you know, and I'm I'm sure that they are, right? I'm sure that they are open to that feedback, but they don't have like a professional PR person putting out their messaging. So who, you know, I I think it's fair, but I do want to say that I don't think it would have been appropriate for them to say, yeah, this was all us if it wasn't. I think that would have been really bad. Can I say one more thing, Lisa, before you before you go ahead? Yeah, sure. Because I saw some people were criticizing. Because first of all, I don't think Rise and Resist deserves the kind of level of criticism that they received. And also, there was some criticism because they said, "Well, we didn't plan this," and people were criticizing them, going, "Who plans actions? Everyone, everyone, actions? Are you crazy?" You know, this raises this question that I know we're going to get to, which is like, what what does allyship look like? You know, where is that line between what is being a good ally and what isn't? And does that line change from time to time depending on what action you're taking? But it also raises the second issue which is like about the resistance movement in general and sort of these growing pains that that the movement is going through. Different activists and different groups have different opinions about how to proceed. And some people think that there should be more direct action. There should be more civil disobedience that requires breaking the law um, in a nonviolent way. There's other people who honestly believe that we sh- there should be people resorting to violence and violence method, sort of like taking a little bit of out of, um, you know, sort of the more militant wing of the civil rights movement's playbook. Um, There's allies that think they should be involved in certain ways that sometimes step over the line and they go out of their lane. And so these are all issues that we, like, people need to talk about. But, like, part of that is talking about it within your own group and communicating with the people that you are working with to figure out a way in which you can be a good ally or a good activist without co-opting anybody else, without crossing any boundaries. But that requires communication. Yeah, I mean, I've known... Jackie for almost 10 years same with you Alyssa and we still bump heads about about issues all the time but in this movement which is really important to talk about there has been a lot of friction in the movement even Black Lives Matter Black Lives Matter um, Cincinnati separated from Black Lives Matter and criticized them for taking grant funding and working and trying to work on issues through electoral politics they were very that they were very dismissive of that and felt that that was not the way to work and they felt that Black Lives Matter had been co-opted and were for lack of better words sellouts mm-hmm. you know I'm of the belief that you can't win. There's no way you can win the fight for justice using only one tactic and only one style. Sam. It's just not possible. So you need people on all sides. I just want to get you guys thoughts on there. Jackie? Yeah, I mean, everybody's capable of doing something different. And I think people have unique 
sets of skills and unique circumstances and um, unique risks that apply to them, but maybe not to everybody else. And so I think that it's important to recognize that everybody has a role to play here. I think that, you know, I, I, where I see there's like divisiveness within sort of tactic and strategy, which I, I don't think is helpful, right? Because I think that there are many, many roles to play in this movement, but I, I do disagree um, when you, you will see some folks on the left who are fighting for justice to a point, right? Where and, and fighting for on behalf of one community, but not for all, and that's a big problem. Um, and you know, I think that there are people certainly who identify themselves being on the left who are just sitting around and complaining and doing nothing. And I think that is the most dangerous thing you can possibly be doing. Wow. And to, those are probably mostly white people, right? Who are sitting around like you know, worried, but they don't really have skin in the game and they're not really the ones who are going to um, suffer the most at the hands of this current administration. And, you know, we talked about earlier this week, um, Obama had said last week, um, and, you know, he, he said this at a DNC fundraiser, so take it with a grain of salt. Um, but what he said was, if you're, if, what you're doing requires no sacrifice at all, then you can do more. If you're one of these folks who's watching cable news at your cocktail parties with your friends and, um, and you are saying civilization is collapsing and you are nervous and worried, but that is not where you're putting all your time, energy, and money, then either you don't actually think that civilization is collapsing or you're not pushing yourself hard enough and I would push harder. Yeah. Um, I think that's really important to remember. I think that there are people who are sitting around saying, oh, this is so horrible. Can you believe Trump is president? Oh, my God. Anyway, going to go to work, going to live my life, like not, you know, worry too much about it or do anything about it. And that is just not an option. If you really otherwise, maybe you're just saying it and you don't actually think that there's a problem. Right. No, I agree. I think it's a little like inside baseball and outside baseball. Like sometimes it makes sense to work within and sometimes it makes sense to work without. Um, but what it doesn't make sense to do is complain without taking direct action in some way, shape or form. Even that if that doesn't mean you are personally going to scale the Statue of Liberty. Right. Um, you know that that, you know, I'll give you a perfect example. And this is a, a perfect um, like call to action about what you can do. I saw this great post um, that's going around and it's about border patrol and it says if you are born citizen of the United States you are born in the United States and you are white and you are in a space where ICE agents get on and they are trying or or you know con border patrol agents get on a bus or a train that you should stand up and loudly tell everyone that they have the right to remain silent that they don't have to answer questions um, unless they have attorney present no matter their citizenship or their immigration status there have been numerous reports that this confronting agents in this way has caused them to leave without verifying people's citizenship. So it is as simple as like if you are white and you are in a space where you can speak up and use your voice and s literally say you have the right to remain silent. You don't have to talk to these people in a way that maybe a person of color who's undocumented can't do because they're afraid of challenging authority um, because it could lead to them in cuffs and getting deported. Then like that is an action you should take. And that's just one example of something you can do to have an impact. Yeah, well, you guys, have you said a lot of great things and you said it very well so I want to just close this out very simply if you're listening to the show you are probably someone who is concerned about the state of affairs and someone who would like to make some kind of change and while listening to the show is a great way to be informed it doesn't really mean anything if you don't take this knowledge and take action there are people all over this country and all over the world risking every single thing just to make the lives of their kids and their grandkids 
that much better. So if you are not putting your skin in the game somehow, what the hell are you doing? It is time to step into this movement any way you can. Because if you do not, when it's time for them to come after you, there will be no one else to march, stand at the Statue of Liberty, or even get arrested. They'll all be gone, and you'll be wondering what happened. But we know that already. We've seen that movie millions of times. So let's not repeat the past again. This is Let Your Voice Be Heard. We'll be back again next week. If you miss us, we're on podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts from. Peace, folks. So deep in my feelings. Notice they really like me.